Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic. After 630-20, pay $32 a month per line with AutoPay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630 20 Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. My name is Jake Petroba, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Joining me today is Stephen Jodoran and Armand Kafai. On this episode, we chat FC Cincinnati with Charlie Hatch. Please make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcasts. And also make sure to leave us a review. Now, let's get to today's episode. All right, listeners, let's get straight to it. Joining us on the line is FC Cincinnati Club Reporter. You can follow him on the Twitter machine at CharlieHatch underscore. Charlie, how's it going? Did you, guys get, did you get hit by the uh, polar vortex or were you traveling with the team? No, I'm actually with the team, but I got a message from my parents saying it was negative seven and then it snowed more. So uh, it looks a lot nicer in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Enjoying the preseason, huh? Jealous. That is correct. I'm try- at least trying to. But so, so just talk to us about the excitement for the upcoming season. Finally, here with MLS after the last several years in USL, it's kind of like winning the league. Now you're getting quote unquote promoted. What's the excitement and what's the conversation like within the club? Yeah, I mean it's it's never ending. I I think the big mantra basically around the club is there is no off season. If you have a situation where you make it into MLS, you're told roughly around Memorial Day last year. And at that point, you got to start moving forward, planning things from your branding in MLS to jerseys to who are the staff you're going to bring in, the scouts. And what's ended up happening is while the USL season was going on, there's still player recruitment for MLS. Um, Obviously, the expansion draft and then the draft FC Cincinnati was pretty active in. So there hasn't really been any sort of downtime. Uh, And it doesn't help that you essentially – there was one portion where I think in two weeks, 10 players were added, including draft picks. So uh, less than a month away now from the first game, 
it's a lot of excitement. Uh, there's still a lot of stuff it seems like needs to happen. Um, but there's still still time to really take it in before the first home opener on St. Patrick's Day. Charlie, can you give us an idea of what the Cincinnati sports landscape is like? Is is FC Cincinnati something that can rival the Reds, the Bengals, and the Bearcats? Yeah, I, and that's the I don't know how it's viewed from the outside. Uh, internally, or at least in the city, it's a strange situation in that um, you know, you've always had these two historical teams, the first team in Major League Baseball and the Reds, and then obviously the Bengals, and here comes FC Cincinnati. But if you walk around downtown, or you go anywhere, you'll see FC Cincinnati stuff, whether it's the lo- old logo, new logo. So it's definitely a place where the team can come in and fit in. Um, they, they've they been able to find a way to get people, whether it's youth, people interested in soccer. The, the city's getting younger inside of its core. Um, so they are able to fit in. and. Again, you have a, a unique perspective where Xavier and UC both have big basketball teams. Um, but FC Cincinnati fits in. There's no situation where it's, oh, how are they going to manage? Um, is this a three-city or three-sport town like Cleveland or something like that? Um, they're all Everyone's getting in. Everyone has its own fan base. And like I said, you'll see situations where I think FC Cincinnati had more, I think it was higher attendance on average last year than the Reds did. Obviously, the Reds played more games. But it gives you an idea that this isn't a situation where it's hot and exciting for a couple of years and fades away. Well, you just The question before, you talked about this transition period where it's been ongoing and there was really no pause. What has been the biggest challenge to overcome transitioning from USL to MLS? I guess it would just depend on whoever, you know, whatever part of the organization it is. Uh, The biggest thing that seemed different is, or at least a lot of people on the outside have said, did you bring too many people from USL, things like that? Um, Because there were 11 players, including Fatai Alashe and Fernando Adi, who were already in MLS. Um, But you look at the team, FC Cincinnati, uh, when it was in USL, rather than going with a lot of young players and trying to build that way, kind of like what New York Red Bulls, too, would do, understandably, the team played for a championship. And so you look at the roster, the 2018 roster that won USL regular season title, and it was stacked with people who were experienced and played professionally, either in MLS and other leagues. And so those people are coming up as if it was just kind of like the English championship into the EPL, a natural transition. Um, that is, that's something that kind of slowed seamlessly, but at this point it's just trying to bring in the right pieces, getting everyone situated together, and then trying to finalize the roster ahead of the first season. Charlie, can you talk about the club's expectations heading into this season? Now, obviously, there it's it's the inaugural season for the club. You know, coming up from USL, there was the short turnaround uh, from USL to MLS. But w- what are the club's expectations heading into the season? Is it kind of playoffs or bust, or is it uh, you know hopefully we just kind of contend for a playoff spot and let the let the chips fall where they may? But there has been like a. Alan Crotch, the head coach, hasn't come out and said, this is what we're going to do, and it's this or nothing. Um, He has said, you know, obviously competing for a championship. In general, FC Cincinnati has been a team that has actively pursued championships, whether it's, you know, trying to get the Open Cup in 2017, uh, USL, uh, in those regards. So I think coming in with a winning mentality, the fan base is used to winning from the first three seasons. So 
looking at something where you can make the playoffs, it's definitely something that everyone would like to see. Again, I think it'll be interesting the first couple games of the season or the first 10 games are against nine playoff teams from last year. Um, and so it's basically like seeing, you know, where is this team? How does it stack up against the league? And then what happens from here? It just, because the team's never been in MLS, um, there's no real way to really gauge the team against other MLS clubs until you have those first regular season kickoffs. Right. I mean, I think there's a lot of excitement just to see what type of atmosphere if the the club can, you know, take over the city like you see in other major league soccer markets. And I think a lot of eyes are pointing to Atlanta. The question is, what type of style? How will FC Cincinnati move forward? And you're obviously with a team here in preseason in Florida. Has there been, you know, anything that stood out to you that you would say, hmm, this could be an interesting player or a tactic that you we might see going forward throughout the season? Yeah, I think the team has a couple different angles they've gone they can go with. Uh the first game that they played against Montreal's one one draw was a four three three. Uh they beat on Saturday they beat Colorado Rapids one nil using a three five two. Um they have the depth uh to do things like that. They have people that can change and rotate. The unique thing about the team is the back line is incredibly solid with people that are proven internationals. And then you look in the midfield and you have someone like Caleb Stanko, who played in Germany, who played a little bit in the Bundesliga, who's 25, he's young, he can come back to America. How will he play? They brought in Alan Cruz, who was playing for the Costa Rican national team yesterday against the U.S. Uh, He's another young guy. He's 22 years old. And then obviously bringing people in like Kendall Waston from Vancouver or Alvis Powell from Portland. Uh, Greg Garza, who's obviously a U.S. international as well. There's a lot of talent there. There's people who can get forward. This team in general has liked to play out of the back and tries to move forward, uh, attack on the wings when they can, and always always have a good spine. And so you've kind of seen that in terms of the roster recruitment and the people they've brought in. Charlie, where does Frankie Amea fit into all this? Is Does he figure to be a, a regular in the starting 11 when the season starts, or is, is he going to have to battle it out with some guys to uh, to get into that starting 11? Yeah, they have, I mean, there's no there's no been expectation that's been set on him. Here's what you're going to do. Here's the role you're going to play. When I talk to Frankie, he's like, look, I want to make some appearances. I want to show people why I was the number one pick. The club would like to do that too, obviously. Um there's again, there's a decent midfield. It's not necessarily clogged. There's just people trying to figure out their way. Uh, Frankie made his first appearance yesterday or on Saturday against Colorado. He played 10 minutes. Um, so at this point, it's still trying to work him in and seeing where he fits on the roster rather than you're going to play X amount of games or make X amount of appearances from either the bench or starting. Charlie, what is the one player you, Charlie Hatch, are excited to see this upcoming season? One player? Uh, I don't know if I have a specific one. I think there, I think it'd be cool to see which players from the USL team can make it. Uh, there's people that you guys might not necessarily know about, like Hassan uh, Indom has played well in USL with the Red Bulls that they brought in. I think it'll be cool to see Darren Maddox, who was brought in from DC United, who a lot of people are saying, well, you know, why bring this guy in? You have Hadi, or they haven't did, – how did they play when they were together? Um, previously, 
he's looked really good in preseason training. There's a guy named Leo Bertoni who came from Young Boys in Switzerland who's looked really good in preseason as well. So seeing those kind of guys, people that can come in, play well in the midfield or and or score goals uh, like Maddox up front would definitely be something that's exciting. And uh, I don't know if it's necessarily something that people around MLS expect, but these are either new faces or people who've been in the league that have a new opportunity to show what they can do. Yeah, Charlie, I would say as a, as a fan of a team, uh, um, my team being Minnesota United, I can say in the inaugural season, it seemed like the, the greatest contributions uh, they got in that first season were from players that featured with them in the NASL. And then you had a couple uh, of players who were uh, with uh, USL and Kevin Molino. But I want to ask you uh, about this. You, you talked about the draft uh, earlier here in the interview, but I wanted to ask you, what were the team's thoughts on acquiring all of Philadelphia Union's draft picks? Well, you look at that situation and it's, you know, obviously not all the picks were used. Uh, there were picks passed in the uh, third and fourth round, but FC Cincinnati got a deal with LAFC where LAFC said, hey, we'll give you this amount of money uh, that in a first round pick that happened just before uh, the draft went down. And then there's that uh, later in that day, the trade was announced with Philadelphia. So FC, without trying to justify or explain why teams necessarily did it in this particular way, it was a situation where FC Cincinnati actually made a profit off of the players that, or the um, the deals between LAFC and then Philadelphia. And in addition, picked up more picks that they could use. So, um, you know, that 13th pick, they brought Logan Gadula and a fullback from Wake Forest. That's somebody that might not necessarily have been there with their 16th pick, which they ended up giving to Red Bulls. But FC Cincinnati is in a different situation from everyone else just because you don't have an academy. You don't have homegrowns you can go to. And so if this is a way that you can jumpstart that and you can start bringing in younger people that might start playing a role or be part of your core down the road, that's why they went with that route. Um, again, it's completely understandable why everyone's like, well, why would you make that move? But they took the money essentially from one deal and then applied it to another and then got all those picks out of making such a move. Now, Charlie, last question here. How excited is the club to be facing the Columbus crew this upcoming season? Yeah, it'll be fun. They actually play in a couple weeks in Charleston. Um, but, it, you know, they've played before. They played uh, in the Open Cup in 2017. FC Cincinnati won. That that was cool in itself. And it's cool seeing, you know, there were about a 1,000 or so Columbus crew fans that came down. And I think during the draft or the expansion process, when everyone was wondering if FC Cincinnati would be getting in, there's also a lot of concern where how much does Columbus impact FC Cincinnati? Is that something that's actually a thing? Uh, would they take one or, over the other? Uh, the fact that Columbus crew is still around, uh, you know, a lot of people in Cincinnati grew up going to crew games. I had crew season tickets as a kid. Uh, so the fact that they're both being able to play in the same league, that they're able to stick around, that it's a natural rivalry, uh, the hell is real sign in between the two on interstate 71 has always been there. So it should be exciting. I think it's ex it's something to look forward to, the fact that it's in August. And there's a little bit of a wait. It's kind of frustrating. But it's something that'll, that should last around. Uh, there's no doubt that it should sell out both stadiums. 
and it should be something that the rest of the country who maybe they see it as flyover country or whatever will be able to say, look, that's true passionate rivalry between two teams that are fairly close to one another. Uh, Charlie, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll be looking forward to the, uh, I don't know what we're calling it, the Ohio Derby or, or I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, please tell our listeners where we can find your work and where we can find you on Twitter and uh, anything else you may want to plug away. Yeah, I will say, uh, so we call it the Hell is Real Derby. That's what the fans called it, and so we're keeping that. Uh, although Columbus Crew haven't actually come out and said anything on their social media, so I don't know what they're going to say. Um, so we'll have we'll have to see what goes down. That's what our club has said. Um, but, yeah, you can follow me with the club at FC Cincinnati, Cincinnati FCCincinnati.com, or on Twitter at Charlie Hatch with an underscore. Wonderful, Charlie. Thanks Thank again you guys for, so much. for joining us here today. And uh, I guess good luck with the preseason and the, the season ahead. Thank you, and you guys as well. Thank you. Now, there you have it, inside FC Cincinnati. Uh, Armand, you disagree with the draft picks, and you also said last year they weren't making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look, look the, the the pick the expansion draft and how the roster was built. That to me, it's it's a little interesting. Uh, I do love the pick of Frankie Amaya. I feel like he's almost a homegrown player. You're you're picking up a guy at 18 uh, to to develop. I mean, I think it's a fantastic pick. But I mean, look, maybe with the expanded MLS playoffs, I could be wrong. But I just I, you know, there's so many defensive mids on that team. And you know, re- relying on USL players, I-, I think our boy Jake knows how that how that ends up. Uh, uh, I mean, you get you get you get some good players like Christian Ramirez and Miguel Ibarra, but I mean, outside outside of that, it's not the greatest way to go. I can tell you, and I mentioned this in the interview. I can tell you, the greatest contributors to Minnesota United's inaugural season were Christian Ramirez, Miguel Ibarra, Brent Coleman, and I get that he played in MLS for couple years prior to joining Minnesota United, but Kevin Molino also uh, who featured in USL with Orlando city was also a, a, a pretty big contributor for the loons. I'm, I don't know why you're so down on them. I, I think that they've done a very smart thing in saying we're going to defend. And like Charlie alluded to, they want to play out of the back. We're going to sign a bunch of defenders. We're going to sign some defensive midfielders and we're not going to give up you know, 70-some-odd goals like Minnesota United did their first season. We're going to play defense, and we're going to try to grind out some results. And I think they will battle for a playoff spot, and I would not be shocked if they finish 6th or 7th in the East. So we so we have the same kind of range, right? Like, you have them finishing 6th, 7th, I have them potentially outside looking at 8 or 9? Yeah, you in a prior episode said they would finish 8, 9, or 10, and I said... No, no, Armand. So, they so, play, so, so, playoff bubble. Is that where we're predicting? I don't think a six is is a six seed a, play, a, a bubble team. Yeah, because no, I, mean, I guess I guess playoff bubble. That I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think there are a lot of people that think because this team hasn't spent thousands of millions of kajillions of dollars on Tam Gam Zam whatever. On they have winger X. 
Yeah, but they haven't done it on a winger X, Y, and Z, and they haven't don't, they don't have a uh, attacking midfielder that anyone's heard of, and they're relying on USL players that everyone just assumes, oh, this team's gonna be terrible. This team's gonna be at the bottom of the table with Orlando City. I don't think so. I think that they're gonna be strong out of the back. They're gonna have a spine, and they're gonna be able to defend and play on the road some because they can defend, and I think that's going to help them in the long run. I don't know. We'll see. I think this team could sneak up on people. This is anytime you play FC Cincinnati, it's a trap game. These are trap games. And they're going to have a pretty substantial home field advantage that a lot of the league is going to get very jealous of very quickly. What's the home field advantage? Turf? No, they're just going to have people <laughs> in their stadium. Uh, shots at half the league. Yeah. Put them on blast. <laughs> Anyway, listeners, follow us on Twitter, UncSamSoccerPod. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, go back. We talked MLS transfers. Giovinco, Almarone, and Acosta, those big three. Silly season. Yeah, silly season. Come back tomorrow. We do the first installment of the counterattack with Jake Watroba. And a uh, new thing here on Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast. The counterattack is going global. Till next time. Hey, if you like free stuff, you're going to like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool. How do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card. And after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa, so I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trading required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 